Welcome back to the Space Hour here on Federal News Network. I'm Eric White. When you think of space, you don't think of it as the front line of cyber war, but that's not the case. Many important aspects of U.S. critical infrastructure are controlled from space and could be vulnerable to cyber attacks from malicious hackers. To help prevent that, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency has formed a Space Systems Critical Infrastructure Working Group. It will be a mix of government and industry members that will develop strategies to help minimize risks to space systems. To learn more, I spoke with Jim Platt, the Chief of Strategic Defense Initiatives at the Department of Homeland Security. You're absolutely right. When most people think about space-based assets, they, they don't think about CISA or they don't think about the Department of Homeland Security. But as the nation's risk advisor, we think CISA have, has a, a very important role to play in here. Uh, we expect that by 2030, uh, the space industry could be worth approximately uh, $10 trillion, as some of the uh, articles have recently indicated. So obviously, with that large of a scale, it could have significant impact on critical infrastructure, or some may even deem, want to deem it critical infrastructure by itself. And when we start thinking about that, and we take a look at Space Policy Directive 5, which talks about uh, space-based policy for the United States, and it talks about the operations of the space-based systems. And that's everything from the space vehicle themselves through the ground control stations that operate them and even the supply chain uh, th that is used to design and build those systems. And a lot of those aspects, such as the uh, ground systems, uh, uplinks with the satellites, they are all the same types of cybersecurity challenges that we've faced in CISA already and we continue to face on a daily basis. So we want to make sure that as these space systems are designed, uh, they take into consideration uh, cybersecurity, physical security, insider threat. All of those things that would be applicable to the uh, any, any other sector are applicable to the space sector. And we want to make sure that we don't have security situations uh, that can adversely impact uh, uh, the space vehicles themselves or the critical infrastructures and national critical functions that are dependent on space systems. Obviously, accepting that you can't tell me any specific weaknesses or anything like that. What are your um, biggest areas of concern when it comes to those security risks um, facing U.S. space systems? So we want people to understand that it, it's not just about the space vehicle itself. Uh, when you take a look at the ground control stations, they all face some of the same cybersecurity risks that uh, we see across the board. So it's important that people maintain good cyber hygiene that they segment their networks. So their IT and OT networks uh, are, are separated and don't create vulnerabilities. And I think, you know, if we take a look at some of the recent ransomware attacks that have taken place, it, it is important that if you are properly designed, you have your proper cyber hygiene in place, it minimizes the chances of those type of operations taking place. And there's really, uh, we wanna make sure that the space segment considers those things as designing their systems because once you put a space vehicle on orbit, it really becomes very difficult to switch out any of the parts that are up there. Uh, so security and resilience has to be designed in from the get-go. And so that kind of brings us into a nice little segue into this Space Systems Critical, critical Infrastructure Working Group. Um, what sorts of, is it going to be strictly um, helping industry with the security concerns or are there other aspects uh, to it? So there's really two aspects of this cross-sector working group. We have, uh, we DHS started looking at this a little over a year ago to determine what is the best way that we could help with managing the security and resilience of space-based assets and those uh, critical infrastructure sectors and national critical functions that are dependent on space-based assets. And that's why we formed this uh, cross-sector working group. There's really two aspects to this. You have members of the 
16 critical infrastructure sectors, which are uh, active voting members uh, within the CPAC structure, so they can give advice to the government on the best way to manage risk associated with these systems. And then on the other side, we have a, a large number of subject matter experts uh, who are not traditionally, may, may not be traditionally part of critical infrastructure sectors, uh, so they can give us advice on uh, areas of cybersecurity, security considerations for uh, space-based systems, and we can merge those two to really come up with an effective way of taking lessons learned from all of the sectors, making sure that they're applied to the space-based sector, and doing what we can. We can never eliminate risk, but doing what we can to uh, serve our purpose as the nation's risk advisor and minimizing the risk associated with uh, the operation of space vehicles and the risk associated with uh, critical infrastructure using the capabilities provided by space vehicles. In, in talking to your private sector colleagues or members of the working group themselves, what are the biggest areas where they need your help? Um, obviously, ransomware, you mentioned that is a big concern, and that's we, we've seen that many critical industries are not well enough prepared to fight those off. But are there other areas that, um, that they say, hey, you know, we really could use your guys' insight on this? Sure. And I think probably the biggest uh, thing that we've heard so far is that there is a lot of opportunity. There, there's already been a lot of lessons learned regarding security of systems, whether they be IT systems or OT systems. And we want to be able to take the lessons already learned in all of these other sectors and ensure that what we're doing in space, we don't have to go through a discovery learning process to apply it to those, to those systems. So I think that's probably the biggest thing that we can do. And that we also make them aware of all the tools that uh, CISA and capabilities that CISA and the Department of Homeland Security that could potentially be available to them. So one of the first things we did in our cross-sector working group was provide an overview by our cybersecurity division on the types of cybersecurity tools and capabilities that are available to these companies uh, that CISA provides, many of them free of charge, uh, to enhance the security of their uh, entire systems and that they take that holistic system view and not just think about the space vehicle. Yeah, and other conversations with um, or interviews that I've done for the show, you know, many people there, there, there's still a lot of uh, folks who don't realize how intertwined uh, a lot of space systems are into functions of our daily lives. GPS is obviously the most obvious one, but um, you know, what sort of uh, other areas do you think that people aren't don't realize? You know, if if something happens to you know, say somebody hacks into a, a satellite system, that there are other uh, aspects of technologic or technologies that are going to be affected by that. Well, you raised one of the, the biggest and most obvious ones of considerations with uh, global positioning systems and the fact that many people use foreign uh, global navigational satellite systems such as Russia, so the GLONASS from Russia and the Chinese Beidou system and the European Union Galileo. So many times people don't even understand that they are using systems that are being provided by foreign companies or foreign nations. So we want to raise the awareness of that and we're working with that with position navigation and timing. But also people, more and more uh, uh, communications uh, channels are running through space-based assets, and we want to want make sure the companies who are designing these systems uh, design them in such a way that there's a re resiliency and redundancies uh, so that no critical path only goes through a single space-based system, uh, that all of our critical functions can continue to operate, even if we have issues with uh, critical, or pardon me, uh, even if we have issues 
with a particular space-based system. Yeah, and on those foreign, uh, you know, whether they're adversarial or uh, any of our allies, space seems to be the area where uh, we all tend to get together and, and everyone seems to be able to get along. Are there any foreign partnerships that um, CISA is working with or any other governments that are involved in even this, this working group or in other projects? So at this point, we do not have a, any, any foreign governments involved in our uh, cross-sector working group. Uh, but we are in initial uh, conversations with the Department of State uh, so that we synchronize our efforts uh, with uh, the Department of State's efforts to ensure you know, that we continue to encourage those responsible use of space, uh, of, of space uh, in accordance with SPD-5. Jim Platt is Chief of Strategic Defense Initiatives at the Homeland Security Department. That's going to do it for us here at the Space Hour. You can find all these interviews on our website at federalnewsnetwork.com. Search Space Hour. I'm Eric White. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Space Hour. You can find all of these interviews online at federalnewsnetwork.com, as well as Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.